You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to kind of break down and talk about, you know, is, you know, our evolving, really our evolving ability to understand what works and doesn't work in this space. And I think, you know, for for me now with, you know, 150 plus episodes of the podcast, buying an NFT for 150 days, there's things that I, I believed in, that I practiced, that even maybe I preached in November, December, maybe even more recently than that, that my, you know, maybe my opinion has changed a little bit. Or even maybe I've adapted uh, you know, my reasonings or kind of uh, embraced some of that. And, and I wanted to kind of set that like from a, a bar, right? I think the beauty of Web3 right now is that we hear people talking about like, we're all early and, and we, we're all being able to set the culture but we also have to be able to evolve with things and be open to kind of, you know, kind of expanding the way that we, we approach things so that we can welcome more people into the space. And I, and I feel for me, that's, that's a big one, right? And I am one that I will not, uh, you know, without, without hesitation, I will not like sacrifice my own values and the things that I, I hold dear to me. But I think there's a lot of power in the idea of having strong views, strong opinions that are loosely held. And what I mean by that is I think it's important for us to to be bullish and, and to be proud or be dedicated to certain things, but we also have to be open to how other people see things, how other people talk about things. And one of them is kind of the the doxed versus undoxed um, you know, kind of approach to this NFT space, right? We could call it I don't, I don't know why, I don't like the word, even term docs. It always feels weird, right? We could say those that are under an alias or being anonymous versus those that are using their, their real name and their KYC, they, they know your customer, they're, they're connecting everything to their brand or their business or their reputation. And one of the things that I, you know, I think we have to look at, right, is that it's very easy for us to fall into a web two trap when we want to empower Web3 innovation. What I mean by that is, if we put some of the constraints or the controls into place early on in this space, there's a high likelihood that we are gonna stymie the, in the innovation that is possible, right? We're gonna, we're gonna prevent people from kind of reimagining things. But we also have to realize that when we're too loose or that when it's the wild, wild west, I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, in this wild, wild west that are getting taken advantage of, that are, that are taking advantage of other people, that are seizing opportunities simply based on people not knowing better, right? And I don't, I don't play nice with that. But here's, here's where I want to go with the docs versus undocs, right? I, 
for for guests on this podcast, we've had two um, guests that have preferred to stay, um, you know, that they don't want to give their name, right? They are staying undoxed. Uh, and that was Data NFT. And then that was Aleph One, which one of the, the more recent episodes. And I will tell you, with both of those examples, I would say it took me like an additional 60 days to build trust and rapport with those people than it did with others that are docs that I could go look up their names. And I think that's a big thing when we, let's like take a bigger picture of this, right? If you're just connected with someone on Twitter, how long does it take for you to kind of like get to know them, feel them out, understand what they're all about, who they are, right? It's going to take you a little bit because you're only doing that via text versus like if I'm doing watching someone on Facebook live, I'm able to look in their digital eyeballs and I can start to trust them more, right? Or maybe they're doing a podcast every day or a podcast frequently. Well, now I can start to trust them based on their consistency, their messaging. But then there's also the idea of like, who we're connected to, and who can vouch for who, right? And this is a big one for me. I mean, I will tell you, I take extreme caution and extreme pride in that if I am vouching for someone, if someone calls me and says, Brian, I'm looking for a speaker on this topic for our upcoming event, I have a list, I have a notes list on my phone and on my computer of people that I would put my name and reputation on the line for if I'm going to vouch for them and suggest them for an event that's either hired me or it's a friend or it's a trusted person. And I have a list of those people. And I will tell you, people come and go off of that list. And I think everyone should have that list. We should make that list right now in the NFT space. If someone was gonna ask you, who are the people that if, if they tweeted about a project or they posted about their, you know, an NFT that they just bought, who are the people that no matter what they're posting about, you're going to at least check it out to see if it's interesting because you have that level of trust with them, right? And those are like those like ride or die, put your name on them. Then I believe there's another tier where these are people that, you know, based on your experience, based on your interactions with them, that you have no reason to believe they aren't good at what they're doing and that you, um, you know, you'd be happy to like throw their name in the hat or um, suggest them as a, a podcast guest or introduce somebody so that they can then uh, you know, take the conversation from there. And then there's like a, a, another layer, right? Where I get people that are like, Brian, you're connected with this person on LinkedIn. And I'm like, I've got 25,000 connections on LinkedIn. I got 18,000 followers on top of the 25,000 connections on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know every person on LinkedIn uh, personally as like I worked with them, but a lot of people are, maybe I worked with them um, through a third party. Maybe we, they just interviewed me to speak at an event. Um, maybe they, um, it was through like a mutual uh, acquaintance. Maybe they interviewed me for a job. Maybe I interviewed them for a job. And so when someone's like, hey, Brian, do you know this person? Like, I'll go check it out and be like, you know, we have a lot of people in common. I could reach out to one of the people I know in common, but I have like no direct rapport, no direct connection with them. So one of the things that, that I have, we have to think about in this Web3 space is that when we're building out our trust equation, right, we're, we're going through the list of how we're determining if we trust someone, if we trust a project, if we trust someone's advice, if we trust um, a trend or a piece of technology, 
And I will tell you, like, if the person is is not doxxed, if if they're not using their real first name or last name, um, and I don't know anyone that knows them, that's a big strike. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to write them off completely, because I believe there are plenty of of reasons, and, and those that listen to you know both of the interviews that I've done with those that are undoxed, I've actually asked them point blank, "Hey, can you explain why um, you haven't you know doxed yourself, aren't using your real name?" And I, I say to each their own. But I also think for those that are are playing that game that way, they have to realize that that is a bar uh, or that is a bench, a, you know, a, a something that could be held against them or could actually inhibit them from delivering on something, right? And that actually goes into, you know, a Gary Vaynerchuk piece, right? Like Gary Vaynerchuk talked about it a lot when they, people, I mean, I think one of the most popular questions they asked is people ask him is like, why do you cuss so much? Why do you say fuck so often, right? And he, you know, and they're like, don't you realize because of your language that you are jeopardizing, you're probably losing out on gigs and opportunities, and I've heard Gary answer this question in 2013. I've heard him answer it on 2022. And it, the, his answer is often some version of, I believe more people are hiring me because of who I am. And I believe that I, me changing to suit others by changing what is my normal language for him is, would be actually, would take away from the value and, and who he was as a person. Now, I think there's, a time and place for all of that, right? Like I worked for the U.S. government. I had the highest civilian security clearance that you could get. I had it for almost a decade. And I understood that with that, that top-level security clearance, that there were things that I could say I couldn't say. There was also something that, that I was carrying with me when I put those things out there to the world. But I will also tell you, I felt many times that I had to hold back who like my superpowers. I had a, I had a not, I, I wasn't setting myself up to be the most successful I could be because I was playing within the constraints of, uh, of a system that was more legacy and, and that was tied to this idea that just because you have a, a tie on, you're all of a sudden considered more of authority or, or more knowledgeable than, than someone else. And, I, and I've shared this story um, in the past, but I think it's important in this connection as well you know, for me, you know, I, I tell this a lot, but like November 2nd, 2013, you know, my world online digitally changed. November 2nd, 2013. And it's thanks to my mom. I'm, I'm a mama's boy. And my mom kind of called me out and she said, hey, Brian, I, I saw your post about stressing about, you know, making sure that you're helping people on social media. And, and she's like, I know you're not really in the social like full time, but like, she was like, I'm curious, like, why don't you have your, like, you don't even have your hat on in your profile photos. Like, do you like, like, social media? Because you're not even being, like, yourself. And she, and my mom simply said, was like, Brian, you're someone your entire life that you never played into the norm. Like, in high school and college, like, I was the kid that was like, you know, I made the baseball team. But, like, if the people on the baseball team are like, oh, nobody that plays baseball is a thespian, I would actually try out more for plays to be a thespian because, you know, I, I want to embrace who I am and I'm not going to let someone, even if I'm in a, a cool kids club, I'm not going to let them dictate or determine what I'm going to do with my life or who I am. And, and that's been me my entire life, my entire career. But I, I do believe there was about three years from 2010 to 2013 
that I lost myself. I, I started focusing on putting out to the world what I thought the world wanted to know rather than giving the world access to me and shining the light on the world. And on that day, November 2nd, 2013, I told my mom, mom, you don't really know social media. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry. I'm being myself. I am, I'm embracing this whole thing. And you know, as the story goes, I hung out with my mom, realized my mom was right. And I wrote on my mirror, be yourself in giant letters. And since that day, and I, and I actually have a tattoo that is uh, drawn that I want to put on my forearm um, for that says be yourself because it's been that transformational for me. And my daughters, my poor daughters hear it every single day when they're with me. I, when they'll say something they're like, well, I'm not going to do that because the, the kids on the basketball team aren't doing that. Or my, my daughter this weekend said something and she's like, well, there's nobody else in Girl Scouts that are doing that as well. And I was like, well, good. Because if there's no one else doing it, you don't have to compete with anyone else. And you're going to stand out by doing that. And it's going to make you who you are, going to make you happy. But here's the thing I want to also caveat with that is I had to learn the hard lesson that there's also, though, there, there's, you know, there's results for our actions. And I remember November 2nd, 2013, it was about the end of that month. And I could probably find the post, but I posted a photo of me at the, the beach and I was actually showing my tattoos. I have my daughter's names chest uh, tattooed across my chest. I have a, a sleeve tattoo over my shoulder. I got a, a couple other tattoos. And I posted something about like, I'm very proud to have that, you know, re- proud reminder for me that, you know, the greatest job I have in the world is being a dad. And I wear that proudly on my chest. And I remember I lost, um, I had three clients bring that up to me over the next 30 days. And uh, two of those three, or might've been two of the three, um, ended up you know, leaving me as a client. And at that time, uh, I was not in a place that like that risk was like something I anticipated. I wasn't like, oh, it's okay. You know, if, you know, screw them. They weren't my right customer anyhow, right? Like, I mean, I was like, what? I was like, I can't believe that. Like, based on who I am at my core, like, if you know me, like, that, that shouldn't come as a surprise. And like, even if that's something that is polarizing to you, like, let's at least talk about it. And like, maybe it's something that I can say, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to bring it up when I'm on stage with you as a client or, or whatever that may be. But I will say, that was an important lesson for me. And I think it's an, it's an important lesson with every action that we take online. And so what I will tell you is that when I was researching the, the people that are undoxed, I, I go back and look at their tweets from two years ago. I go back and look at the, their NFT wallet. What is their activity in their NFT wallet? I'm going to go back and, and you know, I'm going to Google their alias and try to find, you know, are they posting on Reddit? Are they um, under that same alias on Instagram? And really what I'm trying to, to determine is what is the, like, based on the fact that I know that they have less to risk, right? Because if you're undoxed and you screw people over or you take people's money, you can kind of disappear and it's not going to impact you. For me, like for me, if I, if I lose the trust that I have with all of you listeners, if I do something that is against my character or that sells out what I believe in and I lose the trust with all of you, I lose my business, I lose my livelihood, I lose my ability to go on stages. Like I, I mean, you know, I, I interviewed Juju Smith-Schuster from you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, now Kansas City Chiefs, 
you guys will be able to hear that interview tomorrow. And I asked him point blank, like, Juju, like, how much thought did you put into this partnering on this NFT project? Because you have everything to risk. You are an NFL superstar that has already got people hating on him for being a creator and being on TikTok and being young. And, and I, I put that out there and I will just say like, that's something I don't take for granted. It's something that I know that every digital action that I take, if I get drunk one night and all of a sudden tweet something out and it is, it, it could ruin, it could ruin my career, it could ruin my life. It could ruin everything that I've been building for the last 12 plus years as far as my, my digital identity. And so I have a lot to risk where those that are undoxed, they, they have the ability to kind of mitigate that, some of that risk, right? And the thing about it is that to me, that it's all to each their own. But here's the funny part is that both Data NFT, which was one of our guests, and Alif One, I actually know people that I know in person, that I have had Zoom calls with, that I've looked in their eyeballs, that I trust, that have actually met those people in real life, one-on-one. So they, they have undoxed themselves to two people that I trust. And so for me, that's a, a checkbox. If someone is... So a good example of this is Bored Elon. Bored Elon is a Twitter account that has over a million followers. He's been, he's been anonymous for, I think, nine years or something crazy. I don't know anyone in my circle that knows him personally or met him offline, but I do know people that have done business with him for five years under his alias that, that he has delivered every single time above and beyond, and he's been a pleasure to work with. So in a weird way, his track record, Bored Elon's track record, at, at, under his alias and, and through his you know, anonymity, actually allows me to build that trust. And for him, like if, if he started, you know, if he stopped delivering or he did something that was polarizing, well, he's spelt, spent nine years building that brand under um, that alias. And I will tell you, like to me, like this is, like this is part of the whole... Like we, we each have to not only do our own damn research, but we have to focus on like what matters the most to us, but also recognize that like, it's okay to change. It's okay that if you had this strong opinion about something a couple months ago and that you've been educated yourself now and you see the light, it's okay. Like I, I believed falsely that I was an ally and an advocate for, for, uh, you know, for minorities and for the LGBTQ plus community based on me standing up for it when I needed to and for, you know, uh, you know kind of being silent about it whenever um, things were, were kind of polarizing. And it wasn't until the murder of George Floyd that I had to own that I had been wrong for all of these years. Like, I've literally been wrong that my silence was not doing anyone any favors and that if I wanted to change the narrative, which I did, and if I believed that this was not okay and that the, the ways of the future, we must, we must chart new paths and we must not judge people based on um, things like the color of their skin or their sexual orientation or their, um, you know, the, the things that, you know, that, that we know that about, that I needed to use my platform, I needed to, to stand up and use my voice. And I had to own, it took a while. I remember after George Floyd's murder, 
I had to educate myself. I reached out to some friends and I, I didn't say like, you know, help me, you know, fix me. I said, Hey, I was approaching things in this way and I realized I might've been wrong. What can I read? What can I listen? What can I watch? I remember in one week I watched uh, five documentaries and I read through this amazing piece of, uh, of uh, a blog post that was like pages long. It was from a friend, Jared. I actually had him on my podcast, my other podcast, uh, press the damn button. And I remember just being mesmerized that I wasn't aware of all of these struggles. When I put my daughter out the door to go to the bus stop, I never once had to worry about her being mistakenly mistaken and being unjust and, and being you know shot or arrested falsely. When I started to open that dialogue and I had a, a couple of friends and and one of my, my good friends who happened to be an executive over at Patreon was telling me that was something for him, for his daughters, that he worried about every day. Man, it was, uh, it, still, it still hits me a little bit right now because we are all human. And, and the problem becomes when we become so jaded, so extreme, so disconnected, that we don't even see the other side. We can't even recognize what others believe in or, or even understand even what we believe in. We are so polarized or so extreme that we've lost touch with reality and, and really we just stick ourselves in an echo chamber of our own people and our own thoughts. And so what I'm going to kind of put out there is that you know, we have to evaluate this, right? I, am, I, I believe that we are moving towards a much more transparent approach to Web3, but there are people that are going to want to stay um, undoxed and, and use an alias. But I also know that they're going to have to come with those consequences. And they're also going to have to be willing to maybe be more transparent with other things, right? I, I will tell you, if someone is, is undoxed and they're not getting on Twitter spaces, they're not being interviewed on podcasts, I, I'm probably, actually, and I am probably, if I can't hear their voice, if I don't like, if I can't hear their tone, if I can't understand their nuances, if I if I can't actually experience who they are, for me, they're not someone that is going to be in my inner circle or someone that I'm going to bring to the podcast. But if I'm able to, to experience and pop in and out and, and build my own kind of trust with someone or a project or you know kind of learn as I go, then I'm going to be able to kind of make those decisions along the way. The last part here, and I, and I think we're going we're gonna to kick it into uh, our Alpha Minute. It's time for the Alpha Minute. Alpha is actionable info not known by most people. So lean in and listen close because Fanzo's about to drop today's Alpha Minute. All right. So one of the things that I wanted to drop here for Alpha um, in the sense of, for those that aren't aware, you know, Crypto.com has an NFT platform, but they're really focusing on NFT partnerships with different projects. And there's a couple projects that I'm excited that they're working with. One of them is Unstoppable Domains, uh, which is a great website to buy a .nft domain, .x domain. I will put my affiliate link in the um, actual show notes. I'm not paid to promote that, um, but I will say they, they did um, gift me my iSocialFans.nft 
um, you know, uh, domain. So I'm very blessed that they did that. And I'm a fan. Um, their executives, uh, three of their executives are, are friends of mine that I've worked with at their previous uh, jobs. Of course, Sandy Carter, uh, who was on the podcast as a guest, is one of the ones there. Um, and then there's um, some projects. One of them um, happens to be called Beat Heads. Uh, my good friend, uh, Tom Cizik, uh, and uh, has worked with uh, Phil and Aloe Black, and they're rolling out a project um, next uh, later this month. And they're also kind of uh, launching that on the crypto.com um, you know, ecosphere. But the, the alpha that I wanted to kind of put out there is, I know a lot of us have talked about like Coinbase having their platform, and we know with you know um, crypto.com, and then we just heard recently yesterday um, Meta uh, or Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg uh, talked about you know they're going to take a, a very large cut um, of the NFTs on their platform. One of the things that the alpha that we have to start to look at is how are we going to manage the the different marketplaces, the different you know, locations, the different, you know, places that we can go to consume, to create, to buy, to sell in a way that makes sense to us. And it might seem like to get a little bit overwhelming, but if you think about it, whenever we would think about like, I remember when I got the beta list for Gmail and I first thought Gmail was the dumbest name ever for Google Mail. And I got like the beta invite. I I think at the time there was less than 5,000 people that were using uh, Gmail. And I remember being like, man, I have AOL email and I have Yahoo email and now I have Gmail. And I'm like, why do I need all these options for creating email accounts? Well, we all know what that eventually became, where every website that you create, every company that you buy, you can create a domain and an email address for there. And then it's just a matter of like, how are we managing that, right? How are we either bringing it into a, a pipeline of notifications or a tool or an app but the, the, the big thing about this is we're going to see choice and innovation grow. And here's the thing I always want to share with is that I believe more competition in the marketplace, in the NFT minting, in the uh, NFT you know, data and analytics uh, arena is great for all of us as creators and consumers because that competition is going to breed innovation. But here's the thing we have to remember is that we have to give people a break. We need to to be able to familiarize ourselves with what the other options are. And just because OpenSea is the thing we know right now at the moment for most of us doesn't mean it's the best for all of us. Yes, they're going to have Solana that are going to be able to manage on that platform. But how do we know that that's going to continue to be the best options for all of us? And so I think the the way I just want to leave you uh, for today is that you know, we don't know what we don't know. And the problem, I think, becomes when we get comfortable and we stop being open-minded, we stop being curious, we stop allowing ourselves to be kids, to be open to new experiences, to not judge people based on things that we were told to judge people with in the past. I mean, we grew up in a world that told us not to talk about sex, politics, or religion. And yet the things that divide us the most is sex, politics, and division. And in my opinion, part of the reason for that is because we've never talked about it, and we've kept it siloed, and we've kept it kind of hidden. Well, bringing that into the light doesn't mean all of a sudden it's going to be easy because we've been 
programmed and trained and believed and brainwashed and, and told that because someone is doing this, that they're going to disagree with us or they're going to be someone that we're not going to get along with or they're someone that we can't align with. And I will tell you, for me, especially when it comes to politics, I, I can get us along with a lot of people on both sides of the aisle as long as those people are educated on why that they have their belief in what they believe in and they're educated on what others have. And I will just tell you, I just want to say thank you to uh, those of uh, those that are in our Discord. You know, I do want to give a shout out, you know, uh, Marco Vic, um, Kelly. Uh, there's a whole group of people um, in our Discord uh, each and every day. Um, I, we can give, a, I can give all kinds of shout outs. We can, uh, you know, I'll give a shout out to uh, another group too, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, thank you everybody that's been sharing this, uh, the podcast on um, Instagram, jumping over to different channels. But, you know, I also just want to throw out there, you know, we have Brian uh, Piper, who's uh, been doing, uh, sharing his thoughts, uh, Snow, uh, Starboard. Uh, there's just some really great humans that have been going out of their way to create dialogue and conversation, to say, hey, Brian, I listened to this and this is how I took it. I'm curious if I took it correctly. And if I did, like, what are the, your thoughts on that? I believe the true power that we have right now is not blindly following someone because you want, you like see what they're doing and you want to follow their path. I think we have to learn and listen to others, but keep an open mind. Don't fall into the trap or the, the mirage of one creator all of a sudden telling you that he's going to you know make everyone money or she's going to do, um, she's going to solve all of your problems because you know how they did it might not be the best way for how you can do it. And oftentimes there's something behind this. If someone is really going to you know kind of you know preach one thing um, but not practice it themselves. And in this world, I think we can make these mistakes. We can follow someone and realize that we shouldn't follow them. We can um, we can bring someone on the podcast and then realize, wow, now that I know more about them, I probably wouldn't have brought them on the podcast. And guess what? That's okay. As long as we're willing to learn, adapt, and change as we move forward. My name is Brian Fanzo. Hope everyone has a great day. And until tomorrow, cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.